you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at laist.com sweeps. This is the SoCal Update. I'm Kara Santamaria. Coming up, what one local fire department is doing to convince reluctant firefighters to get the vaccine. Plus, we check in on businesses in Little Tokyo to see how they've weathered the pandemic. It's Friday, April 16th. Even though firefighters in California were some of the first to be offered the COVID-19 vaccine, many have refused to take it. That's a problem, given that they're regularly exposed to people infected with the virus. That said, there's one local fire department that's been looking to behavioral science to convince more firefighters to get vaccinated. Science reporter Jacob Margolis has more. So how big of an issue is vaccine hesitancy among firefighters? Yeah, it's a big issue. Uh, Orange County has only been able to vaccinate 53% of their people. New York City's fire department, uh, they are 49%. LA City is at around that same number. And the reason I've heard is everything from like uh, people just worried about the impacts on their health, especially particularly early on before a ton of people got it, to full-blown uh, conspiracy theories. The problem with this is, of course, the fewer people who are vaccinated, the more that can get sick. And a bunch of sick firefighters could mean a shortage during this presumably probably going to be pretty bad fire season. Right. But one fire department has been successful. Give us more details on that. Yeah, it's LA County. They've managed a vaccination rate of 70%. They've done that a few ways. One is just uh, you fighting against vaccine misinformation with videos, answering lots of questions, uh, doing a lot of due diligence over the past nine months. Another is that, and this is the behavioral science bit, if a firefighter wants to decline a vaccine, they can't just say, no, thanks. They actually have to head to a vaccination site and decline in person. And that does a few things since everyone has to go get the vaccine at the vaccination site at some point. It makes it easier to, if you're hauling yourself down there, just kind of say yes anyway. And you have to say no in front of a bunch of colleagues, which uh, might make you feel awkward. So it uses peer pressure too. Thanks, Jacob. A year ago, KPCC asked some longstanding businesses in Little Tokyo how they were planning on surviving the pandemic. These restaurants and shops are touchstones that make the neighborhood so special. Recently, reporter Josie Huang checked in with a few of those businesses to see how things were going. Josie, what did you hear? Well, one of the shop owners I talked to was Brian Keto, and his family has owned the famed mochi shop Fugetado for more than 100 years. And it's survived so many crises, including when it had to close during World War II because Japanese Americans were being incarcerated in camps. Um, Brian told me he thought COVID was actually going to be the worst crisis yet. But as it turns out, unexpectedly, 2020 was a banner year for him. He's convinced it's because the shop was the subject of viral YouTube videos that brought in legions of new devotees. So the pandemic was good to Fugetsudo, but was it more of a roller coaster ride for others, you know, especially restaurants? How did those restaurants in Little Tokyo fare? Yes, I spoke with the owner of another well-known business, uh, Sudihiro Cafe, and it's been around for nearly 50 years. Kenji Suzuki, the owner, told me last year he was going to do whatever it took to keep the restaurant going as long as his mother, Junko, was alive. She's the one who opened the cafe and he made it through the pandemic by temporarily cutting staff, paring down the massive menu, getting a PPP loan. Uh, At one point, he offered a bonus roll of toilet paper on orders over twenty five dollars. He sounded optimistic when I first talked to him last year, but it was a tremendously tough year. And when I talked to him again recently, he sounded so exhausted and sad. His mother died in a nursing home in January of COVID. Uh, Kenji pointed out to me that he did keep his promise to her, but at great cost. 
Thanks so much, Josie. And thank you all for joining me on this SoCal update. We'll see you again soon. Thank you.